Jedi Council is a podcast for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council podcast, where we like to explore mental health in your favorite fictional characters. This is your graduate student friend, Brandon Saxton. And your professor friend, Katie Gordon. I tried to think of something, extra adjectives in front of graduate student, but I feel like I've started to repeat myself with my summertime graduate student and fun best friend graduate student. I don't know. So you're just going straight to the point That's now. right. Uh, I'm just cutting up the extra fluff and just going direct. So <laughs> I like that. And speaking of cutting out the extra fluff, actually, I don't think that's that's going to be relevant to what I'm about to say, but you look mildly <laughs> like concerned. <laughs> so I'll say it. Well, so I recently, as you may know, listeners, Brandon and I are fans of the McElroys, and yeah. there are many podcasts, um, and I was watching recently Travis McElroy talk about the process of podcasting, and he said he and his brothers usually talk about 10 minutes before they record an episode, mm-hmm. just to get in the rhythm of things, catch up mm-hmm. on things. And Brandon and I also like to chat before we start recording, and we're actually talking, having an interesting conversation about friendships, and Mm -hmm. so I wonder if, listeners, you have any suggestions for movies, especially related to mental health or psychology, talking about interpersonal connections, Mm -hmm. which are essential for mental health, positive interpersonal connections, please suggest them to us, because we would love to talk about them, and it's such a meaningful part of people's lives, and think we've talked about it a little but we mm-hmm. could probably spend some more time exploring that oh absolutely yeah i should also add to we like to not stick to, uh stick strictly to the 10 minute chatting mark a lot of times it's about at least a minimum of an hour of catching up <laughs> so it's sort of a one-to-one catching up to podcasting so uh it's really it's appreciated yeah, yeah it's a definitely good, a good <laughs> so i related to what travis said except times yeah, Six at least. to 12. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I think we should jump right in for the top is Spider-Man Homecoming, which we had a chance to see this week, uh, I th- very shortly after it came out. I think it's only been out like a week or something. That sounds about right. Yeah, something like that. And uh, sort of dive into it. I want to kind of maybe set the stage. Maybe we'll start with our kind of first impressions. We're at it. And uh, then we have some Twitter questions I have. We got a couple of those. And then I don't know a lot of mental health to really talk about with Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, we could certainly make some stretches and maybe drum up some topics. But there was almost no, like, uh, mental health problems depicted in the film, I don't think. Not that I can think of. I think it was, there was some psychology-related stuff, some psychology, like you said. But yeah. not a lot of mental health stuff. And also sequel to our obsessive-compulsive disorder episode that we started last week. We're going to record that next week. Yes. So there will be a little bit of a delay. But yeah. we'll return to talk about OCD and its treatment and some other aspects, including more about Adrian Monk and other characters in next week's episode. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to that. And then after that, for the first time in a long time, I think we have a clean slate of topics. So if there is a particular uh, facet of mental health or a particular piece of popular culture that you're interested in hearing about, uh, we're open for suggestions, which I think is like the first time in probably like three months that we've had like or caught up i think so i think you're right yeah so that would be really great if folks have any suggestions we'd love to you know talk about what people are interested in otherwise i have no doubt we'll come up with something to talk about ourselves oh yeah 
So anyway, uh, I will go ahead and maybe start with my first impressions on Spider-Man mm-hmm. instead of my usual technique of asking you to talk <laughs> while I think. Mixing so, it up. Mixing it up. Uh, Spider-Man, um, of course, if you haven't seen the film, spoilers from here on out, you'll probably just want to turn off the episode right now and wait until you've seen the movie, unless you're not interested in, in being having it spoiled, or unless you don't mind having it spoiled for you, then go ahead and listen on, but spoilers from here on out. Um, I really liked the movie, that was my first reaction, I, I really liked it, um, so I thought it was really funny. Uh, but not, like, I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but I felt like it was trying to be funny. I didn't feel like this was, like, trying to be funny. I felt like it was just naturally really a light-hearted film uh, that had some serious and some more heartfelt components, but it, it was really fun. Um, I really like Tom Holland as Peter Parker. I think he's really captures it really well, and uh, I thought they caught the high school vibe really well. Sometimes high school... and. It was a little cringy. And even, like, uh, the previous Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, he looked like he was in his 30s. So, I, you know, the immersion for high school was challenging for me there. But I thought this was a really good high school vibe. Like, even when, like, there's that scene where, uh, with the news, they showed, the, like, mm-hmm. the student news, and it was, the pacing is all weird. And, mm-hmm. and it looked like the one co-host was maybe trying to flirt with the other one. And I thought that was funny. Or, like, when they're hiding in the hallway and there's, it looks like maybe a chess club. And they're like, Ned, what are you doing out there? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I thought that interaction was funny. I thought Blight School was really well done. Um, I thought that Happy was maybe a little bit of a jerk in this one. I don't remember him kind of being such a jerk in the Iron Man series. I mean, not completely, and I'm sure people probably think differently, but if he would have just listened to Peter or Ned at any point during this, it seems like a lot of the plot could have been avoided. Um, even to the point where like Tony sent the FBI agents to intercept uh, the vulture, uh, what were they going to do against you know people with alien technology? You know, so I thought I thought that maybe they were not giving Peter the credit that he maybe deserved. Yeah, and that plot device seems to be used a lot, like mm-hmm. that someone's not listening, and that's why there's this whole thing. Yeah. But it is it is more unusual to have that happen when you already have like a kind of established character and he's acting a little bit different than he did in the past you know and so it's a little bit more of a a stretch yeah and it doesn't seem like it would be very hard for tony to look into it particularly because he can run the iron man shoots with his glasses Mm -hmm. and they seem to have their own ai so it seems like he could have probably checked it out with very little effort on his own but yeah other than that um I thought maybe there, I, I don't know, did you think there was too much Tony Stark in this movie, or did you think it was okay? I was surprised by how much Tony Stark mm-hmm. there was. I know he's a fan favorite, like, yeah, he's fun he really to is. watch, but I really, I felt like, not to compare to DC movies, but I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes they, they do the job of, like, even with Wonder Woman, right? There's kind of a cameo by Batman, but it's not even him. It's just this email interaction because it's Wonder Woman's movie. Maybe that doesn't matter as much with, you know, how many Spider-Man movies have there been? Several. Uh, Yeah, well, there have been five prior to this one across two other actors. Okay, so so maybe it doesn't matter as much that they're keeping to, oh, this is about the primary character, but... I thought he would maybe pop in at the beginning and the end right. or something like that, but he was in a lot more like that. And I, like other people, enjoy watching him. Yeah. But it, it was, it was unexpected. I thought he was especially like kind of Tony Starky too. Like mm-hmm. he's a, a little bit over, uh, really over the top mm-hmm. with some of his sort of narcissism. I mean, is maybe the best word, but maybe yeah. not the most accurate to describe it. But not in a bad way. I, I'm harping on the movie a little bit, and I shouldn't be. Overall, I liked it, but. 
I could have used a, just a, a touch less Tony, I think. Yeah, because I think that the whole vibe, like you said, like the high school vibe and the mm-hmm. Spider-Man and all that stuff, focusing on that, I thought that was what felt like a fresh take on mm-hmm. a Spider-Man movie. Like that felt really different. Even the music I was talking about, oh, like yeah. they used Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones, which mm-hmm. is super upbeat and. Even I loved how Ned and Peter talked to each other because it was very, it felt, sometimes teenage dialogue is really represented weird. Like they're trying to earn certain things, but here it was two basically people geeking out about stuff, right? He can do all this amazing stuff and he's scared, but he's so excited and you really hear that in the way they talk. They talk kind of fast and kind of just, I I love that. So it was kind of weird to then mix that up with like the Tony Stark vibe because it did it's good it connected to the larger universe but it also it was a different tone i feel like than the it was more of a stark tone yeah. <laughs> you can delete that out because that's a terrible joke nope, um I'm that. high school, i believe that's where his name derived from oh, <laughs> just making stuff there. up <laughs> stanley can you confirm that i don't so, know yeah. if stanley's the creator of tony stark i don't know that <laughs> It's, I just I, assume he's created look, all of Marvel if comics. If you want accurate information, there are a lot of good places to yeah. go. But if you want some impressions from some people who dig psychology, then you're in the right place. Yeah, we don't have our PhDs in, in Marvel comics. No, come no, on. We're not <laughs> um, So I, I like what you just said about uh, Ned and um, Peter geeking out. Mm-hmm. I, uh, in, in their dialogue, I also thought they captured that really well in demonstrating what a teenager with superpowers is going to be like. Mm-hmm. He's just zinging around, uh, pretty lighthearted, uh, trying to trying to do good, but actually kind of getting into some shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people are yelling at him when he's caused the car alarm to go off mm-hmm. for the guy who's trying to get into his own car and giving directions to people. A lot of stuff like that, which I thought was really good. I like that, too. I actually, in Wonder Woman, not to bring it back to Wonder Woman all the time, but I thought they had a cool thing. They had some scenes where she does something and she surprises herself. Like the first time she crosses her... Um, bracelets and, yeah. and does that then she's like whoa or the first time she climbs something but it's very different from for that i mean she was raised among amazons in mm-hmm. paradise island versus like the guy was bit by a spider mm-hmm. and he can do this cool stuff and so it seemed like a much more like whoa this is so amazing mm-hmm. and i i like that too and also just making decisions that are like poor decision making but are understandable he's yeah. overconfident right mm-hmm. he's he's curious and kind of i one of the people who tweeted at us characterizes a little like sensation seeking mm-hmm. and he's definitely like he's not cautious about the no. stuff that he does he's really into like going all the way and try that with some exceptions i mean mm-hmm. when it goes into kill combat mode he's yeah. like no 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 not quite that far but you're right he's he's kind of causing more harm than good in that car alarm scene yeah so. Uh, and really trying to prove himself. Yeah. You really get that sense. Yeah, throughout. and I think that that developmentally feels true. Oh, absolutely. And obviously there are a lot of individual differences, mm-hmm. but the idea of, you know, just not, you know, Tony's kind of trying to mentor him a little mm-hmm. bit. A little bit. But he can't take all of that information in. Right. Because he, of where he's at, the stage he's at, yeah, and how absolutely. he got to that place. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's had a lot to kind of put on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. You just said something else that I also thought was really good. Uh, he was bit by a spider. 
they they skipped all that yes, for this. They, yeah. We don't see that. We don't see mm-hmm. uh, Uncle Ben passing, mm-hmm. but it's sort of alluded to when Peter's talking mm-hmm. to Ned about, like, you know, everything that's happened with Aunt May. I don't want to stress her out. We can't do that to her. So presumably it happened. But, yeah, they, they took the liberty to sort of cut that out. And I would have probably argued against that uh, because, previously mm-hmm. because I always think it's important that we cover the basis for people who might be new to the series. But after seeing it done, I thought it was perfect. Uh, people know the story of Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, and and I've had this conversation about the Batman films, how they always reshow the mm-hmm. origin. And now I might be convinced that it's not necessary anymore. So Exactly, especially since he told the story through Ned. You know, yeah. Ned discovering the story when he's like, I was a bit by the spider. And he just kind of sums it up. But you're right, it's not an elaborate scene. It's not yeah. showing. It's just kind of jumping into where is he now. It's like a, a snapshot of yeah. where he is. Yeah. I really like that scene, too, because then Ned wants to be bitten by the spider, too. It's yes. Like, Did it hurt? Is it worth it? I'm not sure. I thought that was really <laughs> it funny. It was. Ned is almost like, almost steals the show from me. Mm-hmm. He is really funny. I he think. was great. Yeah. He was fantastic. Um, Flash Thompson, uh, Peter's bully. Uh, I thought that was interesting. So I don't know. I'm not a Marvel expert by any means. I obviously I know a lot more about DC, but uh, Flash is actually one of the Venom uh, symbiote hosts, which is kind of cool. I don't think that'll maybe happen in this universe, but even to see him there. I don't, are you familiar with Venom very much? No. Okay. Not at all. So Venom is, uh, there's this symbiote who, like, kind of latches on to various hosts and is evil and, like, is a classic Spider-Man nemesis. Oh, actually. now that you're saying this, this does sound familiar. I had to, during the movie, well, after the movie, have, and actually during the previews, ask Brandon numerous questions about, like, original movies, the the second, yeah. the first reboot, and now the second reboot. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying does sound familiar. They do show Venom in like Spider-Man Three, I think. Okay. Yeah. Then maybe of that's the where the first Tobey Maguire one. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I can't remember exactly if it was. It was number three. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so that's you might remember like the black sort of ichor that sort of pops onto. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, Tover Grace actually from oh. that '70s show. In that oh one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. That does sound like uh, that. So that I was kind of cool. And, and from what I understand, Flash Thompson is traditionally sort of like a, a quote-unquote jock sort of uh, mm-hmm. stereotypical bully. This was a lot different depiction of a bully, though. It was more of uh, someone in who, like, I don't know, in uh, obviously really bright and like in maybe a position of privilege or, or mm-hmm. you know, uh, wealth. Who yes. is sort of a bully from that position, which isn't sort of the normal, you know, push him up against the locker mm-hmm. kind of bullying. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting to see that. Yeah, I yeah because I think some of the other things were things we've seen before, like the really popular girl oh, yeah. really likes Peter. We're not real clear white. Not that that can happen, but that is a really common thing, and that's oh, a yeah. big deal. And watching that, I couldn't help but think, you know, um, MJ is an awesome person. They see she seems interested in him. Why? Is he, like, not that this isn't realistic, but why are we again seeing, like, he's most interested in the most popular right. girl, you know? Um, it's kind of, and it's viewed as, like, she's out of his league, and they kind of, but, you know, she sees the special thing. Like, yeah. that, that's, we've seen that before, oh, so yeah. it was cool to see some a different take on the bully character. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have you brought up MJ. I thought she was really cool. And oh, the yeah. reveal was cool, too. So mm-hmm. what's interesting about that is it's not Mary Jane, of course. Mm-hmm. Her, she said her name was Michelle. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of the MJ character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be curious to see uh, what develops with that character and maybe uh, what will be the link to Peter as the sort of the storyline progresses. But, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, 
and caught me by surprise. I, d- I yeah. didn't see it coming, but then maybe afterwards it would have been a little obvious because they did never say her name throughout it. Yeah, I'm so. interested in her. She's because I think that in seeing more of her character, because for one thing, like she brings up some politically aware statements and there are yeah. small parts of it, but like she's not going up the Washington yeah. Monument and things like that. Or in protesting. Yeah, she, she wants plans to, get to do Washington some light protesting. Yeah. And so. That's cool. I'm really interested to hear more about how that all intertwines with everything. But she also, maybe she's watching Peter for other reasons, but she seems to kind of a crush on him. But they sit at lunch and there's that scene that like we've seen so many times where he's like looking at like his love interest. Why am I forgetting her name? I think it was Liz. Yeah, I think you're right. So he's like looking at Liz and he and Ned are both like, look, she's wearing a skirt and like, MJ's just sitting there like, okay, guy, you know, yeah. it's like... She tells them they're being creepy. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, why, And which I liked. And then she's like, she's like, um, the, they asked her, why do you keep sitting with us or something? So it's like, seems like they have some kind of friendship thing. But anyway, it will be interesting to see how that develops. What I really liked, I think my favorite scene with mm-hmm. her was when Peter walks into the dance and MJ looks over and gives him just this huge glowing smile, mm-hmm. so nice. And then she gives him the finger. Yes. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was yeah. cool. I thought that was really good. Um, uh, Michael Keaton, I have on my notes here, just Michael Keaton mm-hmm. with a heart next to it. Uh, because I thought... <laughs> he does. Yes, Verifiable. It's true. <laughs> uh, I thought he was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the reveal when uh, he turned out to be Liz's dad when Peter showed up? Did you see that coming? No. I didn't either. I didn't and see I think that at that, all. I don't think other people did in our theater because there was sort of an audible <laughs> response across the yeah. theater of people going, oh. Yeah, yeah, because it is this idea of the person who, can he be a caring father but also doing these horribly evil things? Mm-hmm. But they that's also one of the, I thought, one of the unique, interesting things they did too is that even he's like – because Peter saved his daughter, he's kind of going to let him off the hook a little-ish. Yeah. And then even in prison, when they show later, and someone's like, if you know who Spider-Man is, we will get yeah. him. He's like, I don't know who he is. And so that's an interesting idea, because he's obviously willing to do horrible things, but they try. he tries to act like there's a reason for it, and he's also the loving dad, you yeah. know? And so it's... I don't know how to feel about it yet, but I'm very intrigued to learn more about it. Really interesting character. Do you think there'll be more of him? They sort of maybe kind of hint at it, but not. I don't know. It's hard to know because it's like they introduce him in a way that you feel like the story's not over. But at the same time, you know, Liz moves away even. So I don't know how much there will be a return. And you have to assume he's going to be in prison for a long time. I mean, not that that means a lot in sort of movies or comics people yeah, kind of go in and out of mm-hmm. prison with a revolving door. Maybe he'll get a good lawyer and he'll right. leave. With all of that money that he had. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but I thought the character was really cool. It was kind of cool to... It wasn't a... He didn't find out that Peter was Spider-Man through, like, seeing something or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was cool to sort of watch him put the pieces together during the car ride. Like, yeah. oh, he's disappearing. Well, mm-hmm. I know he wasn't in the uh, Washington Memorial, but, he, mm-hmm. but Spider-Man was there. And, like, mm-hmm. I thought that was a neat scene mm-hmm. to sort of watch... Uh, Michael Keaton's facial expressions. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of putting these pieces together. And that voice sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's kind of had the pieces there. So I thought that was really good. Speaking of the voice sounding familiar, I loved the interrogation mode on this yeah. suit. <laughs> it was sort of maybe a play at some of the Batman stuff, uh, which I thought was really funny. Um, I thought that part was just really good. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, of course, the person he's questioning is like, uh, you're new at this, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. uh, so that that's another good point. The person he's questioning, Aaron Davis is mm-hmm. the character's name, of course, Donald Glover, the actor mm-hmm. who I really like. Um, 
So that character is actually the uncle because he references his nephew mm-hmm. during that scene. He doesn't want those weapons mm-hmm. in his neighborhood. He has a nephew that lives there. His nephew is actually Miles Morales, mm-hmm. who's another Spider-Man character, which is kind of cool, uh, who's a um, a pretty popular character, I think, who kind of, I think, and I'm sorry, again, I'm not a Marvel expert by any means, and just I hardly know any Marvel lore, but I think actually takes the role of Spider-Man after Peter Parker dies, who is sort of created as this character who's supposed to be uh, really cool, kind of identifies as like Afro-Hispanic, and uh, was really well-received uh, because there was some of that you know kind of gross backlash like why are you just trying to make everything pc quote unquote Mm -hmm. and but then the character was so well received the ratings are so good and so it was it's really cool to have that sort of representation i think i think so too and i did think within this movie you did see diverse representation across different roles and different positions in the film and i thought that was good i mean from the principal to the teachers to the students to the bad guys like you know, and so it stood out to me as as doing, which I view as a positive thing. I should be clear. I thought that. Yeah. I, oh, I thought that was that was cool, mm-hmm. and I think that having Ned in such a an important role and having Zendaya as as MJ, mm-hmm. that I thought that was fantastic. Oh yeah, it was that awesome. Was great. Uh, speaking of the bad guys, it was sort of the second hand or second in charge mm-hmm. person who answers Toombs' phone. Even I don't, I don't know if they ever even say that his name. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a really funny character. Mm-hmm. Just sort of even the way he answers Toombs' phone. Yes, <laughs> and just like uh, and actually that person is sort of in some ways kind of like my uh, celebrity uh, like lookalike person. There's a, a lot of pictures of us that are actually very similar when he has more facial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of a, a fun fact. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. <laughs> so, just in case you're wondering if I have a celebrity doppelganger, that's, <laughs> that's the, the one. one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those are a lot of the things. Uh, there was one other thing I was going to ask about the movie. Oh yeah, I don't know about this. They sure went out of the way to let us know how attractive Aunt May was, didn't mm-hmm. they? I, yeah. I didn't really yeah. get that. Did you? I mean, yeah. It was really embedded in the front 25% of the mm-hmm. movie, wasn't it? I thought that was interesting. I, I yeah. didn't totally understand it. No, I didn't really get it either because, like, again, like, with Liz, I get, like, you're in high school. People oh, are right, saying right, that right, kind right. of stuff. Okay, cool. Those are interactions that happen. But it it did seem like, yeah, that did seem I, over the top. I wasn't sure why. I, don't, I get it. Like, and Marissa Tomei is awesome. It was really oh, fun absolutely. to see her. But still, I was like. It is kind of weird, like, that they went out of the way to talk to this sandwich guy at the bodega. Yeah, like, everyone's talking about it. I don't know. I I just thought that was, it caught me off guard, I guess. Yeah, it just, it didn't, it didn't seem to, it did, you're right, it didn't seem like it fit naturally into something that advanced the story. Even Tony, when he was doing Mm -hmm. the little video, and I was like, that Mm -hmm. is just so strange. Mm -hmm. But I guess, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. It seemed out of nowhere. It did. It really did. Speaking of little videos, I did like the Captain America videos oh that they gosh. played in the school. Those were really funny. I think I almost fell in my chair when the gym teacher is on the wrong <laughs> side, first of all, from where Captain America gestures. And then he says, I think he might be a war criminal, yeah. <laughs> but we still have to do what he says or something, or like do the exercise. No, that was that was really good. That was really well done. Yeah, I thought that was good. Uh, going back to Aunt May, I mm-hmm. loved the closing scene of the movie, yes. too. I, that made me laugh mm-hmm. pretty hard when she sees him and... What the and then it cuts yes. off. I thought that was really good too. And really nice kind of aunt, but parental yeah. moment when yeah. she's like, you know, I used to go out at night too, and she's concerned about him, but she's mm-hmm. not 
punishing him. She's not. Right. She's trying to use some skills. I think, or naturally does it. I don't mm-hmm. know. To have an open dialogue. Yeah. I'm concerned about you. I want to know what's going on. It's mm-hmm. not that she's a complete softy about it or anything. Right. She's concerned about him. But she's starting off from a place of like, I I did some stuff that, mm-hmm. and I got into some trouble, and I'm worried that that's what's happening yeah. to you. Which I just think is such a strong approach. Maybe if you, it's hard to get teenagers to open up. Yeah. And if it starts off as like it's coming from a place of like I've been there versus like I am judging you for right. what you're doing. I think that that's nice, and I do like that there's a reveal where she gets at East Spider-Man because I want her to know what's going on because yeah. she seems so worried. So worried, obviously, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, excuse me, along those same lines, I thought the scene where she's held the um, sort of highest high and teaching yes. was really just so nice. It was really sweet, yeah. and I and I I like their relationship. It seemed kind of authentic, basically. Really They're did. kind of um, supporting each other and trying to make it through the hardships of life together. It did seem like there was... You know, but good boundaries. Clearly, she's the authority figure. Yeah. She's not like just the cool right. aunt or whatever. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Despite how attractive she is, which right. I learned in multiple Repeatedly, times. <laughs> yeah, it was really the. It's got to be told that stuff. Point. And we were directly multiple times. Yeah, was, I, I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. But no, the relationship was. was nice. And it's also just like not that Tony Stark is out of character for her to comment for him to comment right. on that, but like. Why are you talk like teenagers just love hearing how hot their yeah. mom type or aunt figures are? Yeah. Like that's weird. He literally said like, "I hope you're wearing something skimpy." And it's yeah. just so weird. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Why? Like really why strange, do that? It didn't. It didn't make. And sense. presumably he's uh, back with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes. So not very nice for her either. Yeah. <laughs> when she sees the video. And they're getting engaged. Yeah. That's the brand new announcement. Yeah, which was kind of. Also, I like that end scene. The mm-hmm. Iron Spider suit was cool. That was awesome. It was really cool. And I think, I am I have a suspicion that might be the suit Spider-Man uses in the Infinity War movie cool. when they're in space. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked that Peter sort of turned away from the crowds mm-hmm. and all that. He didn't go the Iron Man route of sort of making himself public. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to reveal that it was Peter, but the, the hero. Um, but yeah, then Gwyneth Paltrow was back, which I for Pepper Potts, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh I thought that seemed random, too, because they were broken up in Civil War mm-hmm. because Tony was making too many Iron Man suits. Yeah. But now they're sort of back. And I thought I, I had know. just forgotten something that happened. Because no, no, I'm no. like, wait a second. Yeah, it's a, it's a plot point in Civil War that they're broken up. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, not that relationships can't come back together, mm-hmm. but it seems like... Well, here's why I bet what happened is they couldn't get her to come for Civil War. <laughs> they couldn't afford to pay her. She was busy or, mm-hmm. or something. So it's sort of jumping all over the plot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, speaking of Civil War, I thought the integration into Civil mm-hmm. War was really nice in no, the beginning. I thought that was, I thought that was cool. Yeah. I liked that. I thought they did a good job connecting it. And But you're right. It does go to a little bit of their personality differences show, too, because like Peter... Initially, like, he's torn. He wants people to think he's cool, like most people mm-hmm. in their yeah. life, maybe especially as a teenager. I Hey, every day I'm trying to get people mm-hmm. to think I'm cool. Get that cred? Yeah. It's not working out so well, <laughs> but I'm going to keep at it. And I think do. it would help if I could reveal I was a superhero. So actually, yeah, that's going to be the conclusion of this podcast. <laughs> I'll give you my real identity. But he's like kind of wants to do that, but doesn't, and kind of feels like it's not a good idea to tell people who he is. And then he's like... Decides, yeah, I think I am going to be, like, the man on the street kind of superhero guy. And obviously, Tony Stark's personality is totally different. Like, everything is... 
grandiose and huge and media and like not that he doesn't have positive intentions too but you definitely see these other motivations that he Mm -hmm. has that are pretty different than peter and i thought that was nice especially since that's a place that peter got to having tried the more grandiose Mm -hmm. gestures and playing around with that and then deciding himself to put the training wheels mode on like i'm not i'm not quite gonna get to that yet which i thought was cool and also, speaking of another mentorship thing, one other thing that I wanted to talk about is the psychological aspects of Tony saying, if you need the suit, then mm-hmm. basically you're not ready for this. Like, it's who yeah, you are without, without the suit. Yeah, without the suit, then you don't deserve it, I think. That's it. It was better said. <laughs> Your line <laughs> That's why I too. mostly mentor students of psychology and not superheroes right. yet. But um, what do you think of that? That whole, like, concept and how that played out? Um, you know, on the one hand, I guess I sort of understand it because, well, I sort of actually am going to deflect the question for a moment to say mm-hmm. that I thought the suit was unexpected for me because mm-hmm. it like it had its own AI and like mm-hmm. it was like almost like an Iron Man suit basically that just couldn't mm-hmm. fly. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and like the kill mode and all that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. The suit was a. Uh, not what I expected, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be surprised if maybe the training wheels mode isn't back on next time mm-hmm. we see it. Um, but that being said, I guess I, I guess I don't have a lot of strong feelings about the line by itself. Mm-hmm. It served the plot point of helping Peter when he was trapped under the building mm-hmm. to say, "Yeah, I need to just sort of be the hero," I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What, what were you thinking about it? It it definitely seems like something that is a theme in movies, right? Mm. That there's, uh, they don't have access to their power and Mm. they, you have to rely on their character or what they have without their powers. I mean, even the part where he can't reach his web things and Ned tosses them to him. I mean, even that is the point, like you can't be a hero all alone. Like you need help from your friends. And I, so I, I like those themes. I think they are familiar. I, I like the idea that like, you're not ready just because you have this super fancy suit with all this stuff. Like, you have to develop the skills through the experiences. Mm -hmm. At least that's how I interpret it. Like, you need to figure out who you are and what you can do and what your values are. And maybe that's easier to do without the fancy suit that does all that stuff with someone who answers your questions and and who can put you into the interrogation mode and things Mm -hmm. like that. So I like that idea because it, again, is recognizing that theme of, like, where his developmental level is at, is that he's 15, Mm -hmm. and he's trying to do stuff on par with, like, Captain America, who's much Mm -hmm. older, and (laughs) way older. And, um, you know, that some of that development is, it's easier to take place if it's separate, if he's doing some, if it's a, a smaller bridge from what he's already doing. You know, so like even just being focused on his own community, for example, rather than just join the Avengers right away. And so I, I like that he has, he, he rebels against it at first. He rejects that. He thinks, you know, he doesn't recognize how special I am or how far I've come or what I can do. Tries to prove it. Then like so many of us in life comes up against um, challenges that he can't face alone. He has the humility to recognize, oh, maybe I'm not quite ready to do that yet, or maybe that's not quite what I want to do yet. I still have some developing and building mm-hmm. to do, and has the insight to turn that down when Tony offers that to him. And so I do like the idea 
of kind of the symbol of taking away all the fancy stuff and who are you without that yeah. and what can you do and I and as a growth point and he did seem to develop significant growth from that and someone tweeted about the growth that came from the hardship of getting mm-hmm. out of that pile of stuff and yeah that that was a really classic Spider-Man mm-hmm. moment too because I think even in like all the films like you get a lot of that like I don't know if you remember the scene where Spider-Man stops a train, like mm-hmm. where he's just like he just has to push through mm-hmm. and really kind of uh, be inspired by whatever thing is sort of on his mind, mm-hmm. or, you know, be it MJ or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, that's yeah. yeah. I don't know enough or about Spider-Man to to know as much as like how true it is to his character. Even though I've mm-hmm. seen the movies, I've probably seen them once when they came sure. out, and so I don't remember that as well. So I did feel as not like kind of what you were saying before, as not knowing a a person who doesn't know a ton about Spider-Man thought that that was a good, it was easy for me to follow everything, even though I only knew a couple of things. And maybe I didn't get as much as like super hardcore fans, but mm-hmm. I like that they're kind of telling it from a fresh perspective. Yeah, so absolutely. that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, any, I, I'm kind of transitioning a little bit mm-hmm. to my mental health part of the line, mm-hmm. but I really don't think there was much in the way of mental health stuff. Um, not that I can think of. I mean, there are certainly stressors, but one of the things that it doesn't, it feels like an action movie, like an action mm-hmm. comedy movie yeah. with some serious points to give it a little gravity, but I didn't think they tried to overplay it. So, like, for example, like you are saying with Vulture, like they give a little hint where he's like, these are my motivations kind yeah. of thing, but he's just telling you that. You're not getting that deep, and it's just, it keeps moving, and, it, yeah. and I, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I like other movies that kind of linger over, I mean, like, like Batman versus Superman, as we've talked about before. And I like movies like that. But I also think there's a place for these more lighthearted action mm-hmm. comedy type things. But they they don't go into as much depth. You just right. kind of see their behaviors on the surface and a little bit about what's underneath it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see anyone portrayed as having mental disorders. Right. Specifically. Nope, I agree completely. They call Vulture a psychopath, right? At one point. Oh, yeah. Donald Glover's character does. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of when he asks who... Peter's asking him. Who yeah. Is that? But obviously he's not a therapist. He's just no. observing someone who engages in very callous yeah. behavior. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good pull. I, I didn't even... I missed that. But yeah. that's the only thing that only thing I can think of. I'm only referencing yeah. any sort of mental health mm-hmm. diagnosis or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Although I some of the psychology sort of psychological themes we've already talked about mentorship and mm-hmm. and trying to pull through in response to a stressor and and i think there's actually kind of a cool narrative too how vulture and peter are kind of uh paralleled in some mm-hmm. ways and and vulture even tries to appeal to that mm-hmm. and say you know they don't care about us little guys you know we need to do what we can to survive but peter really goes in a different direction uh than vulture does of course did that feel a little like Anakin Skywalker being recruited to the dark side. A little to bit. You. It, seemed, it was a little that way. Kind of a ripoff. <laughs> no, just, oh my, my connections don't mean to be ripoffs. I'm just trying to say, like, I, I think the idea is interesting. Obviously, Peter took a different way. And even, like, they show that part of him when he he's not trying to kill him. He's trying to save his life. He's mm-hmm. trying to capture him for sure. Yeah. But, you know... He's a bad guy, right, in the movie, you know, not to oversimplify, but it kind of is because they don't go into, like, you don't hear his whole story about where he got what he is. You hear, like, a little bit yeah. of it, so you could understand why Peter wouldn't feel that sympathetic, but for his morals, I'm not trying to kill him, I'm trying to save him, mm-hmm. and maybe because he cares about Liz, I do think that's part of the picture, and then he's like, I'm going to capture him, but not kill him, mm-hmm. and so I thought that was a good point. And then he does experience 
teasing, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like. So that's he doesn't he just kind of keeps pressing on with his Spider-Man stuff. He's kind of resilient to it. He doesn't like it. That's for right. sure. But you see like other things we've talked about where someone is getting teased, like how Venom is teasing him at the mm-hmm. party that of people kind of like falling apart. Mm-hmm. And he's rather seen as more like I'm going to play around with what to do. Like maybe I will tell him I'm Spider-Man and then mm-hmm. like case closed, I'm much cooler than him. But instead he's more like Man, like that sucks, but I've got this other important stuff to do. And so even that I like showing a variety of responses to kind mm-hmm. of a teasing or stressor type thing. Yeah, no, I oh, excuse me. I don't know. I'm, I think I have the hiccups a little oh. bit. So I, I <laughs> That's okay. It's not ideal for podcasting though. <laughs> it's, in it's normal everyday life it's fine, but in a totally audio based medium it's not it's not the best. In the olden days, they used to have, like, a cough hiccup button for radio people. I don't know if they still have that, but we don't. We don't, no. no. We'll get there. They have it on the show Frasier, so that's what I'm basing all of my historical knowledge on that. From. Which is really the model for this show. <laughs> totally. In, in it's almost identical. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's all of my thoughts I have about Spider-Man. Okay. Should we jump in? We kind of hinted at the Twitter question, so we just go through them quickly? Uh, sure. Our good friend Disden asks, what's Vulture's deal? Which is a good question mm-hmm. that I don't have a good answer for. Um, I mean, Vulture, I mean, the character as he's pull, painted, I guess, is sort of this person who rationalizes uh, his behavior through trying to do something good for his family, I mm-hmm. guess. He reminded me in a lot of ways of, have you seen Breaking Bad? I was just going to say, he reminded me of Walter White, yeah. but I thought I had used up all my comparison of characters, no, no. so I'm glad you said yeah. it. Yeah, I was. I had the exact same mm-hmm. thought, like someone who's not temperamentally mm-hmm. predisposed towards those things, but kind of turns that yeah. way through environmental mm-hmm. circumstances and reinforcements. Yeah, yeah, so I think... I think uh, if you just watch Breaking Bad, then you'll know everything there is to know about Vulture. Uh, that's kind of my thought, which isn't a great answer, but that's kind of the thing. He's just someone who, uh, like you said, he's just kind of turned that way because of the environment and it worked out for him. And he rationalizes and justifies his behavior through trying to do what he thinks is right for his family. Yeah, and so if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, just briefly, like basically he's sick and he can't pay for his illness, so he starts selling meth and then just completely changes yeah. who he is. And so, yeah, I, I wonder if it's similar to that. And just a quick side note, Breaking Bad is probably one of the best TV series I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I would recommend it. Yeah, it's great. Um, uh, we didn't get asked a couple of questions. Uh, so the post-stress response, Spidey growing from the building, we kind of mm-hmm. talked about that. He's That building falls on him. He kind of channels his inner Spider-Man. He sees those reflections, sort of half his face, half Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he says, come on, Peter, you can do it. And he says, no, come on, Spider-Man, you can do it. Mm-hmm. So he embraces that. So, yeah, that was really good. Uh, Vulture uses his uh, stressors about money and losing his job to excuse his criminal behavior, which we've kind of already talked about. Mm-hmm. That's his whole sort of personality. And then the thrill-seeking. And behavior. to be clear, oh. like, I, you, I, it's his reason and his rationale for it. Those, I mean, that does reflect some reality, right? When people are on really hard circumstances yeah. and faced, I mean, and this is, and this is since I've, we're being lots of character references. This is an old kind of, um, scenario. I mean, even in Les Miserables, I mean, it starts off with Valjean, this great guy, can't feed family members, steals a loaf of yep. bread and go and gets incarcerated for that or goes to the galleys. And so I think that is interesting. And it does hint at that, like, he's not, he wasn't born with this, like, callous personality that's right. horrible. He 
seems to have some sincere, from what we can tell, mm-hmm. feelings towards his family, but these circumstances are what contributed to it. And that's that's an interesting idea. It's not brand new, but it's an interesting versus just someone who's pure evil, 100%. If we had to define him in D&D terms, mm-hmm. he sort of fits in really well with the lawful neutral character. Because mm-hmm. he is lawful. He has this mm-hmm. set of codes. He... Peter saved his daughter, mm-hmm. so he lets Peter go one time, but tells him that's kind of mm-hmm. it after that. He doesn't give up Peter's identity, but he is ultimately doing what he has to do for himself and his mm-hmm. family at the, you know, if it go, even though it might hurt other people, but mm-hmm. it still fits it with his code of ethics. Yes, and he's justified it a lot based on external circumstances. Mm-hmm. So even though people are going to get hurt from what he's doing, mm-hmm. that is very clear. He is willing to do that because he views as having been put in an unfair position and yep. kind of justifying that. And he sort of uh, puts himself a step between the people getting hurt mm-hmm. too by selling the weapons. Yes. He's not he's not directly involved yeah. in that, so he sort of separates himself uh, by one step. So he might justify it even. I'm not, you know, they're choosing mm-hmm. what to do right. once they have the yes. weapons, right? But obviously he's making, people are getting hurt a lot worse yeah, because oh, of his role in the yeah. matter. So. All right. That's kind of all I have on on the topic. Anything else from you, Katie, before we... No, I just want to mention um, the, the, our Follow Friday, since it is Follow Friday. Yeah, it sure um, is. And talk about the people that we shout out. Yeah, yeah, we want to do a mm-hmm. little bit of... A, I don't know what's the right way. We try to catch the people who are always interacting with us or leave us nice reviews. And sometimes we're forgetful or sometimes we nerd out so much that we forget to bring it up. But we want to start at least tweeting about it on Fridays and maybe bringing up at least one or two. We're kind of forming the idea still. Because we're grateful and we talk about it a lot. But yeah. we'd like to make sure that you all know we that. We want to be That's specifically really grateful. Exactly. Yeah. And so Gaming the Mind is an account of doctors and mental health services that explore mental health through gaming. Mm-hmm. I loved conversing with them on Twitter. Oh, yeah. They post really thoughtful stuff. Mm-hmm. So... They are at Gaming the Mine is their Twitter handle, mm-hmm. and they're great. So I recommend Absolutely. checking them out. Yeah, no. Uh, if you like the stuff that you are kind of reading from following us, I would say follow them, and you're going to be just as happy. They've got a lot of awesome content there, mm-hmm. and they do really good work. They're very thoughtful, and uh, and I like everything they do. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing we wanted to say is that we really appreciate the people who leave reviews on iTunes. It helps people to be able to find us and and we also just appreciate the feedback and people oh, who take time out of their schedule. And so thought I'd encourage you, if you are able to, to share us with your friends, if you like what we do, and to leave us a review on iTunes. And I'll read the most recent review to thank BFP82, who said they do a great job of integrating literature and practical experience into a fun and easy to listen to discussion. Very cool and NPR-ish, which... That is high flattery for me. Yeah. I love a flattery. Definitely feeds my inner nerd. I particularly enjoyed the part two of the Get Out episode. It was a model for how to approach a topic around oppression from the position of an ally. Means so much. Thank you very much, BFP82, for that review. That's uh, one of the nicest uh, pieces of praise, I think, that we've mm-hmm. gotten since starting this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that was really good. So thank you so much for that review. And for everyone who's left us a review, we want to make sure we can really give those people an, uh, a nice not call-out shout-out. <laughs> Why can I never keep that I don't know. straight? I need <laughs> it's to like, okay. have a post-it note or something. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh, well. It's Friday, I guess. 
We're actually recording on a Friday for the. We kind of got out of the habit of recording on Fridays. We were recording early in the week. So. Things get weird in the summer sometimes on an academic yeah. schedule. Yeah, and by weird, uh, for me, what that means is I usually don't know what day it is <laughs> or what time it is. So it's kind of just all a blur, and then I'm back. We'll to get school. back to back in our routine soon yeah. enough. And we're back in the normal studio this week. That's true. I, when we're not recording here, I feel a little off. I do too. I don't know. Last week I just felt a little off. Yeah. But this week I feel like I'm I'm back in my prime. Exactly. My podcast prime. Exactly. And part of it is because of there are a lot of weird noises there. Like I think the walls are thinner and so they're yeah. slamming doors and things that I don't understand. And we're talking quieter too, I think, because <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be so like, I don't know, rambunctious, mm-hmm. like disrupting other people. But here we just don't care. No, <laughs> so not at all. It's just we can be free. <laughs> and I don't even know if there's anyone else. Like it's canvas. We're not it's disturbing anyone. Yeah. yeah. To my knowledge. <laughs> well, if we start getting poor reviews, then we'll know. Then we'll know. <laughs> well, I guess we can probably turn off the podcast okay. since we're just talking now. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening in. Like I said at the beginning, if if you've got something that you want to hear us talk about, we're running. We're not running out of topics. We don't have any more planned uh, topics. So we're happy to sort of add in what people are interested in hearing about. And thank you all for tweeting at us and Facebooking with us. That's the best part of this, in my opinion, is getting to interact with people. Mm-hmm. So I know we both really appreciate that. Oh, and I think I'm going to be doing a little bit of streaming on Twitch. So if you're interested in coming and talking to me while I play games on Twitch, which is mostly just going to probably be kind of indie games that don't require a lot of uh, concentration or plot so I can kind of sort of engage with people, uh, I might do that a little bit too if you're interested in coming and hanging cool. out with me there. So uh, as always, thank you so much for listening in, and you'll hear from us next week. Thank <laughs> you.